This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon, and as usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good morning, Wally. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much. I just want to announce to our listeners, we've got a fabulous show today. It's power-packed, and uh, we're going to get right into it. So uh, just to let you know where we're going with the show today, we're going to talk about this fantastic new series that we've been told about that's going to be debuting on CBC TV tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. It's called 21 Thunder. And uh, we're, we're pleased to say that we have in studio with us a star from that show, Ryan Pearson. Of course, we'll be talking to Ryan about the show and about Ryan himself. He's, he's an accomplished soccer player and, a, and an actor. So, Ryan, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you. And for all the women out there, I just want to announce, Ryan's a fabulous-looking guy, and we are live-streaming on www.zoomerradio.ca. So uh, to all the women out there, I highly encourage you to go to www.zoomerradio.ca. And uh, Ryan, it's great to have a good, good young, fantastic-looking guy in the studio. I got a feeling you can do wonders for our ratings. Thank you for that fabulous, <laughs> fabulous introduction there. Anyways, welcome once again. Uh, also on the show today, in the middle of the hour... There was a startling announcement out of the uh, United States this week, uh, a study done by Dr. Anne McKee out of Boston University. Of course, those, if you've been listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour for the last few years, we've been talking about brain injuries on this show quite a bit. And uh, a study that came out this week um, reviewed 111 brains of uh, deceased NFL and CFL players. 110 of them were found with CTE. That is startling. And it's certainly an important topic, a topic we need to talk about. And during the middle of the hour, we'll be talking to one of Canada's preeminent authorities on brain injury, Dr. Michael Cusimano of St. Michael's Hospital. And uh, looking forward to that. And at the end of the hour, a brief chat with our golf guy, Naz. Today's Canadian Open Sunday. Nice uh, hat. Thanks. I brought it in just because I wanted to compete with you, Naz. I <laughs> uh, got my Canadian Open hat on this morning. I purchased it at Hamilton in 2006. And a brief chat with Sean Clement at the bottom of the hour about the Canadian Open. But let's get right into it. 21 Thunder debuts tomorrow night. Uh, according to the clippings, 21 Thunder is a story of love, crime, race, sex, and athletic glory. And tomorrow morning, I'm putting in my resume because I want to be part of the show. But we're pleased to have with us Ryan Pierce. Uh, Ryan, tell us, tell, us, uh, tell us a little bit about the show, 21 Thunder. It's about an under-21 soccer team in Montreal. Uh, tell us what the story is all about. Uh, really, I mean, I, I can completely relate to, to the story. It was interesting um, being a coach myself in the show and 
being the changing room for some of the some of the scenes and looking down, seeing all these players sitting in their their their, their designated place in the changing room and seeing myself in that because um, obviously I, I played soccer professionally for eleven years and it was very nostalgic for me and for me to to look at these young players as they're gearing up to go on that field and to war and to battle because ultimately their goal and their dreams and their sacrifices have been about these moments to propel them to the to the highest platform, which is the first team in the MLS for the Montreal Thunder, which is the MLS-based franchise team in this particular show. So it just follows these young players' lives as they're uh, as they're balancing their, I guess, their their off the field um, struggles with their on the field struggles, and it creates an interesting story for the show. Let's talk a little bit about Ryan Pierce. Um, uh, you were a professional soccer player, um, if I recall correctly. On your bio, you were one of the youngest players ever played on Scotland's under twenty one team. It was uh, Aberdeen's first team. Aberdeen's first team, so yeah. in Scotland. Yes, yes, I was I was 16, I think at that time I'd just broken, or yeah, I broke the, the record for the youngest player to play for Aberdeen at this particular time, and it was it was a great honour, I got to play against, um, it was, there was me, six foot one, probably lanky central defender playing against, at the time, Scotland's, I think, uh, one of their top two or three uh, season strikers, Scott Brown, who's now at Celtic, so it was an interesting baptism of fire for me but I loved it I loved it I was just I was just ready to go and uh, I, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed the experience Ryan how much in the um, sh- uh, the, the miniseries does your um, career have in comparison to the show like how did it help you be, become a part of that show there was, there was it was funny because when I was reading the script there's a lot of things that Davey goes through um, Davy Gunn's the character that, uh, that he goes tell, through that, that I can... Tell us a little bit about the character, Davy Gunn. Well, Davy Gunn that, is... Sorry, go ahead. Davy Gunn, he's, he's, he's an interesting character. As we were just talking uh, before the show about um, uh, soccer players being exposed to such such fame, it's, it's quite easy for, for players to get somewhat of a god complex, especially being a professional athlete in this day and age with the money and everything that comes along with that high-profile status, um, Davey is, 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 is a bit of an ego. Um, he comes with a bit of a reputation, and uh, it'll be interesting for the, uh, the audience to watch him balance his, uh, or try and make amends for his, his past coming over to play for the Montreal Thunder. It's a bit of a last-chance saloon for him um, to really sort of knuckle down and eliminate some of his skeletons that, he's, uh, that he has. So we're pleased to have in studio with us this morning uh, Ryan Pierce. Ryan is uh, going to be playing the part of Davy Gunn in 21 Thunder, a uh, great new series that's starting uh, starting on CBC tomorrow night, and I'm looking forward to it. It's an eight-part miniseries and because uh, it involves sports and involves soccer, which is a passion of mine. And uh, Naz, uh, we're certainly thrilled uh, to, uh, to take part, and quite frankly... Uh, the reviews have been outstanding. I read the review by John Doyle in the Globe and Mail. Uh, he thinks it's a great series. Um, so we're certainly looking forward to it and pleased to have you with us this morning, Ryan. Um, how does a soccer player like you, uh, playing the youngest soccer player in Aberdeen Football Club's history uh, in Scotland, uh, end up being a star in, in a Canadian drama 21 Thunder. Tell us, tell us the journey. 
How did that happen? I just, I've literally just stumbled through life for the past like three, three or four years. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I never thought when I was preparing for a game back when I was younger by locking myself in my room and watching my favourite show at the time, Smallville, thinking that I would possibly be on, uh, on television as an actor. And it still feels surreal. I still haven't had the opportunity to see myself uh, on a television set. Um, so it's it's very it's very interesting. You talked about the good reviews. I I live in Los Angeles at the moment, so I'm, I'm quite far removed from I guess the the, the bubble. So my mom uh, texted me this morning saying that her friend had tagged her on Facebook and and a review that was really good. So I was like, yes, good good to hear. <laughs> so um, I really I really don't know. I guess I I moved to Los Angeles, and um, I heard. Uh, Many people would ask me if I did some modelling or if I was an actor, and I was like, "No, I'm just I'm from Glasgow. I'm I'm a, I'm a ex football player." And um, I think uh, enough people asked me the question that it made me somewhat curious. So for for the first couple of years, I was just trying to sort of like transition from being a soccer player into just not being a soccer player. There was nothing else on my mind really. Well, how what when you were a kid? How old were you when you were recruited by pro? Because I find I hear stuff like uh, Messi was signed at six years old or seven years old. How young is that? That's yeah, that's that's, interesting. that's amazing because <laughs> I just I, I can't fathom to to hear that. Right? There's no I I I was I guess scouted when I was ten or eleven by. Aberdeen. So I came up through their youth system. So I had, I guess, the chance to sign for different Glasgow or Scotland, Scottish-based clubs at that time. But it's, you're right. I hear, I hear things like a, a five-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old being signed by these international big superstar clubs. And uh, I guess everyone is just looking for the next Messi. So you have to, you have to get in there young. I guess, uh, essentially. Talking about, that's an interesting issue you bring up, Naz. And we're talking to Ryan Pierce. Ryan is the star, uh, one of the stars of a, a fantastic new series on CBC starting tomorrow night called 21 Thunder. And it, it's about youth soccer, under 21 team in Montreal. And uh, as it says, it's a story of love, crime, race, sex, and athletic glory. You capture a lot of stuff in there. Uh, but let's talk about the part about youth. Um, um, how was it trying to handle uh, being courted and being made into a star at such a young age. Um, for me, I had a, a, a maybe a special experience. My my dad was a professional soccer player, as was my uncle. So I always felt as if um, there was a certain maybe a certain pressure that I was supposed to follow in their footsteps. Um, but it's interesting, I, I, I got to 12 years old and I picked up a serious injury and uh, golf was my passion for a year. I loved playing golf and I was almost going to... Uh, you come to the right place. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, the home of golf. So I, uh, I had this option, do I want to continue to play golf or do I want to continue to play football? And my manager at the time wrote me a long, long letter as to why I should stick in and play football. So ultimately I stuck in and played football and I guess if you're doing well and uh, it, 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 it sort of like seeps through into the uh, even the first team at that point or the, the, the coaches with it, around that so there was a certain buzz I guess as I was as I was coming through the youth ranks and uh, when I was 15 uh, they, straight away they wanted me they wanted to sign me so it was either stay on and stay in school or leave and play football and I absolutely decided to <laughs> leave school and play football I want to ask you um, you got called up 
uh, to Aberdeen Football Club at a very young age, and you had an 11-year career. But it had it ups, it had its ups and downs. Yeah. There were some difficult times yeah. for you during that career. Let's talk a little bit about the challenges that you faced in uh, in trying to make it as a professional soccer player, and ultimately what led you to leaving that career and chasing a dream somewhere else. I mean. There was there was a couple of times throughout my early career that I really did contemplate walking away from football, um, but it was probably more my I guess my loyalty I felt towards uh, my family to to stick at it, and I didn't have any qualifications or anything. I didn't. I was never academic. I never really paid too much attention in school, which I don't. Um, I'm not advising by any means, um, but I. I just I don't think my my expressive personality I feel as if I may have and suppressed was was ideal for the the football changing room. I I found that I I tended to isolate myself from a young age in the the soccer changing room. Even from I remember being like five or six years old and going to my first training session and uh, thinking that because um, I, I had a well spoken uh, Scottish accent compared to a lot of the other people that I would uh, train and play with and I I. I sort of like detached myself and uh, created that sort of like gap between me and the rest of my players. So I, I, that sort of followed me throughout my career, and I, I just, I just, I never really felt as if I really one hundred percent belonged there. Um, I think that I was playing out of fear for for a lot of my career. I don't really feel as if there was too many times that I felt completely, completely comfortable, and then uh, and I had copious, tremendous amounts of unfortunate uh, with uh, injuries and whatnot. And I'd, I would always get myself to that point where I would be, I'd be playing regularly and I would have teams like Arsenal or Tottenham or some big, big teams throughout, uh, throughout Britain that were interested in me. And it was, all, it was almost as if I would find a way to, to sabotage that in some way by maybe overthinking it and then um, uh, finding or getting some nonsense injury which would keep me out for literally like a full season so it was always it was always very stop start for me so there were so many things that were that were going on with me that I uh, I think ultimately just um I just I just didn't feel like football was me for me for a lot of my career and uh, I quit when I was 25 or 24 for a year and I ended up cleaning uh, scrubbing toilets and whatnot for a good seven months which was horrible um I could tell you some of the tales from from that. Experience. But that you that you um, you made a transition at some point where you left Scotland and Europe and you ended up in LA. Yeah. How did that come about? Um, it started off with a, a woman. Of course, I uh, I decided that I wanted to clear my head, and um, I was in Los Angeles when I was twenty, and I, I always wanted to come back just to uh, just for a holiday and. When I was 26, the, my contract is, was coming up and they'd offered me a new contract and I decided that it wasn't for me. So I went to Los Angeles to, to clear my head. I had a buddy living in Los Angeles and ended up uh, meeting uh, a woman at the time. And um, th- that was kind of it. At that point, I did not even um, bat an eyelid at the thought of acting. To be honest, that was something that probably would have scared me more than anything uh, 
So really, as I said at the start of the show, I literally have just stumbled through life um, for the past like three or four years, and now I'm on your radio show, and now I'm <laughs> talking about a show that I'm on, 21 Thunder. It's just all, it's very... You're on a treadmill. Yeah, it's very surreal, and I haven't really, I don't really give myself the opportunity to stop and uh, think about things that I've achieved or whatnot, but I... Uh, I just I just want to keep on going, and I, I'm at this point in my life now, and uh, I'm very fortunate to have been for for CBC to have taken such a chance on somebody who's completely unknown. Like I'm, I wasn't an actor when when I really booked this show. Like I, I thought about it, and I'd had a few auditions, but uh, I understand acting, and I I, I I I obsess about the the I guess the idea or not the idea about being. An actor, and I am an actor now. I'm on a I'm on a TV show, so it's uh it's I can't really. I'm very I'm very thankful for the Fantastic. situation. Fantastic. The transition between uh, Aberdeen and LA. What are the differences in, in the two cities? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely I don't like. I never loved my time in Aberdeen. To be honest, there seems to be this this conflict between people from Glasgow, the Ouija's they used to call them, and the Aberdonians, and uh, so I didn't love my stay there. Um, but between Glasgow and here, I feel as if. I don't feel as if it was too dissimilar. Everyone's on their phones everywhere in the world nowadays. <laughs> I went home to uh, Glasgow at Christmas and everyone's taking selfies and I just felt like I was in Los Angeles but it was like 50 degrees colder. That was the only, <laughs> the only, the only real uh, difference. But uh, I mean, I think that people in Glasgow are compensating for their lack of tan by spraying on the fake tan <laughs> and going for sunbeds like two or three times a day. So it's it's uh, it doesn't feel too dissimilar. It feels as if it's quite a good... Uh, integration we're talking to ryan pierce ryan is uh, playing the part of davy gunn in uh, cbc original series 21 thunder which starts on cbc tomorrow night at 9 uh, p.m certainly looking forward to that and uh, ryan we have to ask you you're a professional soccer player the series is about uh, an under 21 team and and all the trials and tribulations because uh, you know uh, players at that part of their life, uh, under 21, is uh, it's either a springboard to the big club or it really it's the end of your career, one or the other, generally. Um, how realistic have they made? Uh, I'm sure you're going to say, it's, of course, it's realistic, but what, what parts of it, the realism that, uh, that you found in the way this was scripted to, to your own personal experience? I mean, you're right in what you say. It's, it's basically your last chance to prove yourself before you make it to the first team and um, uh, reading the script and, um, I guess, uh, shadowing some of the scenes, looking in. Uh, there really is the managerial. They, they really are making cutthroat decisions based on performances and um, there, there's so much like drama happening within uh, some of the younger soccer players which the coaches have to take into consideration and... But they really are getting judged on those performances, and they really are playing for for their future. And um, for me, as I said earlier, it really was very familiar. I can't I can't quite put my finger on why it felt so familiar. Obviously, it was it's it's soccer. I'm soccer. That's my my blood, basically, my background. But uh, it just it just it felt very similar everything about it I know I'm, be, I'm being very vague right now but it's hard to pinpoint exactly um, but I know the pressure that the, the players were feeling and um, it, it, it's hard for me to, to really pinpoint one exact thing honestly did the, did the series uh, take place in Montreal or Toronto where was it filmed Montreal it was Montreal all, all of it yeah all of it beautiful wow. city 
Yeah, I got to ask you. There's there's a gentleman in this series that's always been one of my favorite Canadian actors. It's Colm Fior, yeah. and uh, you know he's he's an actor's actor. From, he's a stud. Yeah, and he's a Shakespearean actor. He does uh, does the Stratford circuit, and he's he's performed in all in in all kinds of different roles. And uh, to me, he's always been one of my favorite Canadian actors. And uh, tell us a little bit about. Uh, I, I don't want to use the word. You're you're just breaking into your acting career, and you know, and you're going. Your journey is at the beginning part of your career. And tell us what it's like for you to work with a gentleman like Colm Fior, who's like you say, he's a stud. He's an actor's actor. Um, tell us a little bit about that experience. Well, my first time, my first time that I ever saw him, I think, was on um, House of Cards a few years ago. And I remember them straight away when, when, I, when I found out that we were uh, getting Colm Fury and I, I looked him up, I was like, that's sad. Because he was so stoic in his acting. Everything was so, like, it was so real. And I distinctly remember him. And I don't remember every actor. I had the pleasure of um, meeting Colm and uh, I think it was the last few days of filming because he came in quite late to the show. Um, and it was just interesting watching him operate uh, in the, I guess, the, the, what do you call it, the, the actor's room before they go on set. And just the way he would, he would interact with people, but he was also just, he was very, very eccentric, very, uh, very theatrical. And I just, it was very inspiring. It made me uh, uh, want to go back to Los Angeles and really kind of like study the craft and really, um, I guess, get to that platform because he is who he is because he's, he's, he's wonderful what he does and he's obviously putting the time and effort to get to where he is. So that was very inspiring. And he was a very nice gentleman, really nice. When I first met him, he shook my hand and, he was very gracious and he was he was very warm and I enjoyed meeting him. We have an interesting subject coming on with concussions and I wanted to, we brought that up briefly prior to the show and uh, how many concussions would you have had in soccer? Because I, I, I get the feeling, you know, we're talking football and hockey as the main sport, oh, but what, soccer, no, the, 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 uh, the contact is very heavy. It, uh, it is. I've had, some, I've had some horrific concussions. One in particular, my... My manager at the time, who's like an old school dinosaur Scottish coach, told me that it was the worst one he'd ever seen, and that's that's saying something. I remember the ball was in flight, and I I rose up like a salmon over the Atlantic Ocean, and I headed the ball, and then I headed the the I guess the forehead of my uh, my my teammate actually because he was turning round. He was he was I don't think he heard my shout, which is uh, strange. Anyway, he turned round, and I headed the ball, and then I, my forehead or my eyebrow met his forehead and my eyebrow was hanging over my eye and it was it was it was was horrendous and I ended up having to get I think it was 23 stitches in my right eyebrow um, which I then opened back up again and another concussion um, a few years later but I before that I had uh, several minor concussions which made me feel uh, sick and nauseous for days and um, but I never thought too much of it. I remember when I first started getting concussions, which is so stupid to say, when I first started getting concussions, um, my managers at the time would almost make me feel like I was soft. Yeah, for, yeah. yeah, yeah. The world's for, changed. Yeah, yeah, for complaining about a head knock. You've got a headache, son, get back up. <laughs> so it was, um, it's just, it's, it's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of bullying 
that went on in the game and a lot of a lot of uh, just I feel as if man- managers nowadays should have some sort of degree in psychology to understand their players to um, well we're going to have a serious discussion with Dr. Michael Cusimano who's one of Canada's preeminent concussion experts and there's we're in the, we're in the we're in the period where our culture the way we look at these things is completely changing and you know certainly we want you to uh, hang around for that discussion unfortunately Ryan uh, we've got to move on uh, we, we, we're, we're, we're so we're, we're completely you know we got a really really busy show but we really enjoyed chatting with you um, uh, Ryan uh, we've got Ryan Pierce in the sh- in studio he's, he's gonna you're gonna hang around yeah I, I would like to hear yeah we're gonna we're gonna keep you around 21 Thunder I'm gonna repeat it again tomorrow night CBC nine o'clock it's gonna be a great show the reviews have been outstanding it's a story of love, crime, race, sex, and athletic glory. What can be better than that? Nothing. And, uh, and in Montreal. <laughs> and in Montreal. Can't be better than that. Ryan, uh, we'll, give you, we'll give you a last word. Uh, anything you want to tell the listeners about the show that, uh, that uh, you might, they might find interesting? I just I, I hope you guys all tune in and watch it, but I just want to thank you guys for having me on the show and, uh, um, I guess, popping my my live radio cherry here. So <laughs> well, we got a little me. bit of video live yeah. streaming. So is this, is this man here? Yeah. Hope, hopefully, uh, hopefully some of our women listeners have, uh, have showed in cause I'm sure you will have boosted our rating significantly. Right. That would be great for both Thanks of us. So, much uh, so uh, we're, we're going to go to break before we go to break. And I just want to, uh, I don't know if there's any possibility of uh, certainly going to watch the first year. If there's a, if there's a second year of 21 thunder, I just want to uh, say that the Naz and Wally Sports Hour is going to offer its services. We're going to script an episode for you <laughs> where Naz and Wally, two aging soccer fans, take over the team and kick ass. I so we, 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 I, I, I can picture it. So uh, just, just put it out there. If the producers and the script writers are interested, you put it forward. Naz yeah, and I absolutely. want to take over the 21 Thunder yeah. next year, okay? Anyways, this has been a lot of fun, Ryan. Thanks so much, and we're pleased that you're going to be around, and hopefully perhaps we'll even uh, pursue the discussion further with Dr. Cusimano about concussions and soccer. Before we go to break, uh, last week we, uh, we gave out two passes to the Rogers Cup. The Rogers Cup is coming into Toronto uh, in a couple of weeks' time. It's the women this year, the top women soccer players in the world. Tennis, tennis. Oh, tennis. tennis. What, what was I thinking? Soccer. <laughs> got soccer on my mind right now. It's got to be the Iceland sweater. Anyways, <laughs> uh, of course, it's the tennis players, and Jeannie Bouchard is our local, uh, our local hope. Um, we're going to be giving them away uh, before the end of the show, and when I announce the numbers... Please call in. We'd be giving away tickets for the Tuesday, August the 8th session, the day session and the night session. We'll do that a little bit later in the hour. We'll go to break. We'll be right back after the break with Dr. Michael Cusimano. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville brought back the large five-topping pizza special for just $13.99 for a limited time. I'm whispering because the last time Pizzaville brought back this special, there was pandemonium in the streets, pushing, shoving, biting. So order now and order often, and hopefully you won't have any bite marks when this is over. Call Pizzaville for the large five-topping pizza special at pound 3636 from your cell phone. Shh. There's an old saying... Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. 
They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, we're also at 96.7 FM. Live video streaming at www.zoomerradio.ca. It's certainly a distinct pleasure and privilege to welcome to the Nazawali Sports Hour Dr. Michael Cusimano. Dr. Michael Cusimano is one of Canada's preeminent authorities on brain injuries. He's a neurosurgeon at St. Michael's Hospital, a professor at the University of Toronto. He's a scientist and a teacher, and we're thrilled to have him on the show. Dr. Dr. Cusimano, good morning, sir. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. We really, we really appreciate your time. We know, uh, we know how busy you are, and we want to get right into it uh, with your permission. Um, there was a study uh, announced by Dr. McKee. Of course, Dr. McKee's a preeminent uh, doctor down in the United States who's been behind uh, a lot of the uh, brain injury studies in the United States. And it, it drew the link between 111 retired, or I guess deceased NFL players, and 110 of them uh, were, uh, were found to have CTE. Are you surprised by that, Dr. Cusimano? Well, that same group had uh, presented a previous study, and this basically just extends that work. Um, so there's not a lot new there other than the numbers, uh, the number of players that they study have increased quite a bit. Um, so in that sense, it's not uh, surprising. It doesn't mean it's not concerning. Um, so, you know, I think I think every little piece of information that comes out is helping us to unravel this puzzle a little bit more. Uh, Dr. Kuziman, we want to take advantage of obviously um, your expertise, medical expertise. If you can sort of explain to our listeners, because this this uh, this acronym. <clears throat> CTE, chronic traumatic, and every time I try to pronounce it, yeah, and salopathy. Yeah. Um, we've talked about brain injuries on this show quite a bit in the last three or four years with with different uh, with NFL players, with attorneys. Mm. Uh, it's the first time we've had an opportunity to talk to a doctor about it. In in as best as your layman terms 
as 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 you can, as you can do, doctor. Please, um, CTE. Um, what is it, and how do you get it, and what's the impact on a human being? Okay, so this is a disease that uh, we can only diagnose and tell that you have after you die, and we look at your brain right now. Okay, so it's not. It's not a condition that we can diagnose while the person is alive. Now, having said that, um, it, is a, it is a condition in which there are chemicals that are deposited or proteins that are deposited in the brain called tau proteins. And the picture that people have when they're alive, uh, one, is it's thought that you have to have had lots of brain injuries in the past. Two um, is that you can, if it's a more mild form, you tend to have a mood disturbance. That is things like depression and anxiety um, or behavioral changes, so like explosive personality. If it's more severe, you can have those two things plus what's called dementia. So the, the thing that everybody would have heard about is Alzheimer's disease. So the person looks like they have that or features of other things like they're moving slowly. Um, they're, they're very slow to move around. Now, the interesting thing is you can get this CTE along with other things that look like other diseases where the brain is degenerating like Parkinson's disease. So they can look like they have Parkinson's. They can look like they have Alzheimer's if they have a severe form. The problem is that we can't tell that they have Alzheimer's disease or Parkinson's for sure either. So it's thought that the thing that distinguishes them is that they've had lots of brain injuries earlier in their life. Now there's quite a bit of debate going on of whether the brain injuries actually cause this or it's just an association right now. Okay, we just had a big conference in Berlin last November and uh, the, the, the jury wasn't quite out yet because there could be a common factor that contributes to both. I saw a nice thing written up in one of the papers recently and they said, you know, if 111 kids went to first aid in, uh, at an mu amusement park and 100 of the 10, 110 got diagnosed with gastroenteritis, you wouldn't conclude that 99.9% .9 of kids going to amusement parks have gastroenteritis or the flu, okay? So we have to be a little bit careful in saying, well, everybody who plays football will get this. That's not the case. We haven't, we're not at that stage where we know that it's a cause and effect. We just have that it's an association right now. Um, so there's a lot more work to know what's causing this to occur. So basically, it's a condition where there have been multiple brain injuries in the past, and you, during life you can see mood and behavior changes, and in the more severe cases, dementia, where you lose the memory, you lose your ability to think properly. But we can only diagnose it after the person's brain is examined after they die. So that's what CTE is. The two main sports that we're talking about are football, American football and hockey in, in Canada. But we have uh, Ryan Pierce, who's a pro soccer player, former pro soccer player in studio, and he's going to be on a miniseries starting on CBC tomorrow night. Hmm. 
and he's in studio with us, and we were discussing uh, concussions. And how prevalent is it in soccer? Uh, well, concussions are very prevalent in soccer. Um, uh, any sport in which there are two players face-to-face uh, -face, or more than two players face-to-face and there's going to be contact uh, inevitable. You're going to see concussions. Now, in some in some sports, it's it's allowed and expected. The other big one out there is rugby. It's not as common in Canada, but uh, so those are the big three. But soccer's uh, soccer's up there too. You know, we've done a large number of studies now looking at soccer, and elbows to the head, head to head, shoulder to head. Uh, those cause a significant number of injuries as well in soccer. The um, what are called subconcussive blows, that is heading the ball. If you're properly trained, we don't know whether that leads um, to any chronic damage uh, as of yet right now. There's a lot of debate going on in that, but it's no, there's no doubt that elbows and head-to-head uh, -head and foot-to-head, they lead to concussions in soccer. Uh, we're talking to Michael Cusimano, Dr. Michael Cusimano of St. Michael's Hospital in the University of Toronto, uh, one of Canada's preeminent authorities on, uh, one of the world's preeminent authorities on, on brain injuries. Uh, Dr. Cusimano, uh, obviously we are much more sensitive uh, to concussions and brain injuries than we were 20 years ago for obvious reasons. And it seems that, and, and not only are we sensitive to it, I mean, we see it in professional sports, but profession, I, I'm almost of the opinion that professional athletes, you know, they can take care of themselves. They've got medical staff. And the, perhaps the bigger issue is brain injuries amongst our youth where we, they don't get the same quality of care. Um, and that seems to... Uh, come to the point where there was a turning point, and correct me if I'm wrong, about three, four years where it's no longer a sports issue, it's a societal issue. Uh, and it's crossed, it's crossed that, that line where all of us should be concerned about it as a society, and not just if you've got your own kids in, uh, in minor sports or not. But from a minor sports perspective, is enough being done uh, to prevent brain injuries, or what else could be done, and how concerned which should we be about it? Well, I agree with you that awareness has risen over the last few years, and, and that, that's good. But we've only made minor steps so far. Um, and my big concern is the millions of kids. And if you consider a game like soccer or football, uh, hundreds of millions of kids around the world um, are potentially at risk. So we, we have an, op an opportunity and a, a responsibility to keep people's brains healthy. So one of the simplest things we can do is change rules. And uh, there's been talk about this at hockey in different places, but that's a very simple way of seeing what is allowed in a society and what is not allowed in a society and what is going to basically... Uh, be you know discouraged, and uh, I think here the 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 professional leagues have a huge social responsibility, and everybody who's involved in the so in, in those leagues, like sponsors, like insurance companies, etc., they have a role to play too. It's it's important, like you say, everybody in society needs to get onto this. So, for example, 
uh, FIFA, if we're talking about soccer, that's the International Federation of, uh, of Football um, Associations. Uh, they were they were party to um, an internet that international consensus conference we had in uh, November, where it said every player suspected of any sign of a concussion should get properly assessed. That was that was in effect a recommendation and a, in effect a policy. But when it comes down to practice, when we looked at the twenty fourteen. World Cup, and that was that was mandated also by similar recommendations from a from a similar conference the year before. We found I, I could only find two out of 81 who, if I was a doctor looking after those patients, I could say with confidence that they were assessed properly. So there's awareness, but we have a long ways to go before we put into practice effects. So rules are very important in hockey, head hitting rules. Okay, fighting. Why is fighting still in minor league hockey? Doesn't make sense to me that you see two 14-year-old guys pounding it out. Why? What are we trying to accomplish here? I, I, on that point, I've never understood why why contact, to be quite frank, is permitted in minor league hockey unless you're playing at at an extreme elite level. But that's just my personal opinion. Well, you know, I think. I think you mean body checking. Yes. Um, that you know, I think contact's going to be inevitable when yeah. you get to no, body, b- body checking. Face, but body checking. Yeah. And I've been saying that for for, for a, a long, long time. And even my own colleagues uh, criticized me in the beginning, back in the early 2000s, when I was bringing it up. Um, and uh, they keep moving a rule from age 10 to 11, and then uh, 12 to 13. Well, I don't see the advantage, and I've never seen any advantage. And all the research that we've looked at is the who it benefits, and uh, we certainly find a lot of harm. So, so it doesn't make sense to have it in a 13-year-old, in a 16-year-old, or in the so-called beer leagues for adults. Why are we doing that? Who's benefiting? We're talking to Dr. Michael Cusimano, uh, one one of our uh, leading authorities on brain injuries. I want to ask you uh, a pointed question, uh, doctor. Uh, are you a sports fan? Yes. Are you an NFL football fan? Well, I watch some games, but I can't say I know all the scores. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, just give me an idea where I'm leading with this. I'm, I'm, I'm an NFL fan, have been for a long, long time. And when I read the report, when I read the conclusions of a report that basically a career in the NFL, uh, I, I know that it hasn't been proven 100% because they haven't had a control study. And because you can't diagnose it until somebody's dead. But as a fan, when I watch NFL football on a Sunday afternoon or a Monday night or whenever I watch it, after reading this report this week, I literally feel like I'm watching people damage themselves for the rest of their lives. And there's a certain level of that that I find, for the first time ever, I'm finding it personally disturbing in the sense that I feel by supporting it, I'm almost contributing it to it uh, as a fan. Um, any thoughts on that? Well, that's what I was saying before, is that all of us in society have a role to play in this. And you are, in fact, correct. By buying tickets or by watching that game and giving the ratings to that show, uh, you're telling the advertisers, basically, you support that. 
And so we need more people to come out and say, yes, we like the game, but we don't like the fact that you're not doing as much as you can to reduce the risk of brain injury at all levels so that kids starting up recognize that, hey, wait a sec, got injured, you get properly assessed, you can't, you can't take a hit to the other guy's head. That's not allowed. So we, we have to speak with our money. There's a huge financial uh, circle going on here, and let's make no questions about it, right? Like there's no hidden doubts that professional sports are huge money. And if some, something hit their pocketbook, you would see changes, I would guarantee you. So everybody needs to take their own view that what am I doing to promote this in my own little way? When you buy a ticket for the Maple Leafs, if you can get one, uh, you're actually contributing to that unless people speak out and say, look, we don't like the idea that there's this or that in the sport. Doctor, one more question. And, and uh, I'm trying to get around the fact that looking at NFL football or CFL football and having played uh, myself in school, how do you, um, how do you eliminate concussions from football it's almost impossible to do that it is impossible because the sport is so violent how do you tame it down because i don't see how you can well in fact if you look at the history of football around the turn of the century there were actually people dying in football there were actually people dying so there were actually rule changes that were made that have made it safer if you look back a hundred years so games do change this idea that you can't change the game is ridiculous, okay, because games have changed, and so is hockey. Um, I think the idea is that you don't aim to entirely eliminate concussions or entirely eliminate leg injuries or whatever injuries. I think you do whatever is in your power to reduce the risk as much as possible and to inform people who are participating about the risks and about continuing on, especially if they have, a, have an injury. Um, so I think you tried, to, it's, a, it's an idea of risk reduction. I'm not saying at all that we should eliminate sports or these kinds of things. I think the activity and the positive benefits are very strong, and that's why I think they do exist. Uh, but I think what we do is everything in our power to reduce the risk, like saying there's a rule that, that, that there's no head hitting, and the rule actually affects the team, it affects the coach, it affects the league, it affects, like, it has real teeth to it as opposed to just victimizing the single player because the player is often uh, a, a puppet in the whole system. Uh, we've been talking to Mike, uh, Dr. Michael Cusimano, a neurosurgeon at St. Michael's Hospital, Professor, scientist, and teacher, uh, Dr. Cusimano, we'd love to chat with you for, we feel like we've just scratched the surface of an incredibly important topic, and unfortunately, we've, we we're running out of time and we'll have to let you go, but we'd certainly love to have you back so we can talk about this, uh, talk about this some more and get the word out. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Our happy to come back another time. We'd love to have you. Thank you so much for sharing your, uh, sharing your expertise with our listeners. Have a great okay. day. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye.
That, of course, was Dr. Michael Cusimano. We've got to go to break. Uh, we're running a bit short on time. We've had two, two uh, fabulous uh, interviews so far. Ryan Pierce from the show 21 Thunder is still with us. And, uh, but before we go to break, uh, it's our Rogers Tennis Cup contest. I've got two passes for Tuesday, August the 8th. Uh, two tickets and parking passes. First two callers, 416-360-0740, 1-866-740-4740. Really quickly, 416-360-0740, 1-866-740-4740. Passes to the Rogers Cup, courtesy of the good people at Pizzaville. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised that people may not know how many different kinds of ponzos Pizzaville makes. You can go Italian if you like a sausage. You can go Hawaiian if you like ham and pineapple. And you can go Canadian if you like bacon, beer and hockey. We can build a ponzo that speaks your language, no matter where you are from. Call Pizzaville at 736-3636. Or visit pizzaville.ca. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too. But the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Bridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We're welcoming back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Sean Clement, our golf guy. Good morning, Sean. How are you? Good morning. Just watching Bubba hit a second shot on number five right now. Has he got the pink? Has he got the pink golf shaft today? Is he still got? He's still using that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. Anyway, Sean. Unfortunately, we've used up most of your time, so we got to <laughs> sort of forewarn you. We don't have that much time left for you, but we know that uh, there's a big event coming up at the Richmond Hill Golf Center uh, this yeah. coming uh, this coming weekend, and I know that you wanted to share that with our listeners. So yeah, man. go re- go right ahead. Tell us about the great things that are happening at the Richmond Hill Golf Center in Richmond Hill at Bathurst and Highway Seven this coming weekend. From Dr. Mike, a neuroscientist, uh, to Gabriel Wolf, neuroscientist, uh, 
another avenue of, uh, of the mind is how we learn motor skills as humans on this planet. And uh, uh, both uh, Gabriel Wolf and Rebecca Luthwaite, both doctors in their respective fields, uh, are pioneers and world leaders in how we learn motor skills. So if you're in any kind of sport and you want to you wanna better yourself as a coach or as a player in any kind of performance, whether you're beginner or advanced, this is the seminar of the decade for you right here in Toronto. And Sean, we're going to be doing this at the Richmond Hill Golf Club. Sean, you got me all excited. So tell me, uh, uh, how do we go about making arrangements to be in attendance? Please email me, info at wisdomingolf.com. And uh, if you want to just show up, we'll have a last-minute registration table. Come on over to the golf club at 9 a.m. sharp. We're starting at 9.30 sharp. It's a three-hour seminar, and it's going to be unbelievable. Certainly looking forward to that. Sean, we've got a couple of minutes left, so tell us what's going on down at Glen Abbey. What's, uh, oh. what's happening in the Canadian Open? What a gorgeous day we have. I'm just following Bubba right now. He's at minus eight. He's uh, just treading water with his game right now. He, had a, he showed some really nice signs of performances on, uh, on Thursday, but then I uh, watched him on Friday on the back nine, and he, was, uh, he had a few hiccups. And uh, it's just fantastic to be out here. We finally got summer, you know. So, you know, if you're not playing golf today, come on over to Glen Abbey and, and really enjoy the day. You know, I played golf with Wally yesterday, uh, Sean, and uh, he didn't miss hit a ball all day. You've been in there. Quite, quite, quite the instructor, <laughs> let me tell you. You've been. Uh, you're, you've, you're, you're representing there, Wally. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I, I, I will. Uh, he, I he didn't want to say anything. skins money in the tournament. Uh, I didn't want to say anything, Sean, because I don't like to toot my own horn. But because you're uh, you're responsible for my you're responsible for my success. I want to thank you. I took home uh, took home the hardware yesterday. It was a two man scramble, so I didn't do it by myself. But uh, right on. Took <laughs> took you home the. In the fine print of Wisdom and Golf, I get ten percent. Yeah, you get ten percent. Took home about uh, eighty bucks in skins money, so uh, it was it was a successful hey, day. Yesterday. I won a skin even. <laughs> so we certainly certainly had a blast, uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, I hit some good shots yesterday. So thanks very much. But getting back to the Canadian Open, uh, Sean, and we got a, we got a minute left. Uh, uh, any disappointment? In the, uh, the Canadian, none of the we had seventeen Canadians in the field, and uh, yep. none of them really did uh, did very well. It, it, you know, it's amazing how different the golf course is this year compared to last year. Uh, last year, it was completely baked out. We're, you're, they're hitting monumental drives off the tee. And this, this week, it's, it's very lush. The fairways aren't rolling that much. It's a completely different golf course. So, um, you know, it's, and, it, and it, you look at the cut was minus four. So, that, you know, already that's pretty strong. Um, so it's you got your local pressure, of course, but uh, it, it, it's been a very strong field. There's some really good players out here. Sean, are, are the scores too high for this uh, Canadian championship? Are the scores too, it's too high? too high, meaning that the scores, are, I mean, 25 under, 26 under might win. Guys, the I, I, unfortunately, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to cut in unless you can answer that in 10 seconds, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's like I said, it's a completely different course from last year. Every year is a different year. Uh, don't change anything. Just you know, it's uh, it's just a fabulous event. Thanks, Sean. Uh, listen, have uh, well, certainly looking forward to your event on on uh, this coming weekend at the Richmond Hill Golf Center. Info at wisdomandgolf.com. Is that the place to go? That's the place to go. Just go to yeah, exactly. Info at wisdomandgolf.com, or just come straight to the Richmond Hill Golf Club. 
Okay, Sean, uh, he's giving me the cutoff signal. Unfortunately, I apologize, but I have to go. Thanks. Have an awesome day, man. Fantastic. Ryan Pierce, 21 Thunder. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. To all our listeners, tomorrow night on CBC, 21 Thunder. Love, crime, race, sex, and athletic glory. It's got it all. Thanks so much. To all our listeners, have a fantastic week. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.